Three. Two. Two. One. One. Dr. CB. Yo, Donnie, we back. We back? In the chateau. You getting some rest or what? Getting some rest. Poppy giving you some rest? Man, much better than that last uh, time we recorded, man. I was in a rough place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Doo-doo butter on my foot and uh, no sleep. No hours of sleep. No hours of sleep. So things are getting a little better, man. Yeah, it's amazing what a few hours of sleep can do for a guy. Yeah, I feel like a new person. That's good. No doubt. Somewhat alert and aware. Yeah, and how's how's Poppy coming along with the puppy training? Yeah, Papalopagus, it's a hit and miss. We'll call it variable, you know? There are times where you come home and there's some pee-pee everywhere and some poo-poo caca, and sometimes (laughs) she does really good and goes outside. Yeah, yeah. But man, it's great to see. I think we posted a picture of JoJo before, but JoJo has a buddy now, and they literally just fight all day and oh. play, and like it's great to see them just homies. Okay, having fun. It's not like a power struggle. It's not a power struggle. Although JoJo does this thing where she's kind of territorial and tends to bully at times, but I think it's mostly in good, good, uh, good fun. Just establishing like who's the alpha. Yeah, like I ripped all the cotton out of this. Uh, out of this pterodactyl toy and it's mine and I'm going to hold it right in front of your face. And when you jab at it, I'm going to hit you with my right paw. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's going to tease you and then show yeah. you. When you come after it, I'm going to slap you right in the face. Yeah. So Jojo is very kind. Hashtag siblings. Hashtag siblings. Yeah. yeah. It's good for those yeah. dogs, man. I love when you post those thirst trap puppy photos on the Beyond Flag Insta. Yeah, man. I, I, here's what I've learned. Everything that we contribute really in the, in the, like the context of the yeah. algorithm just goes to the bottom of the toilet. Yeah. And then if I pu- post something of a puppy, all of a sudden everything right at the bottom to the of the toilet, top. right to the top. <laughs> we yeah. get some cats on this feed. If we get some cats and dogs, Beyond Flag can go global. Yeah. Get, get Poppy in the frame with a cat. Yeah. Get the two of them together. If I could get them together, maybe I'll uh, see if we can like Photoshop a cat's face on Jojo's body <laughs> holding that like dead pterodactyl. <laughs> See, see what you can put together. See what we can put together, yeah. yeah. Taking this enterprise straight to the top of social media toilet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, isn't the definition of social media middle-aged men posting photos Photo of cats? cats? <laughs> yeah, we established that last Here episode, we are. right? Yeah. <laughs> We've just now figured it out. Comes full circle, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What's, man. What's happening in the community? <clears throat> oh, we got some good stuff, man. First, uh, we got Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival coming up. Oh, yeah. Hit this joint. 20-year anniversary. 20-year anniversary. Tickets are available. You can find them online uh, through the Orpheum website or at the box office currently. Yeah, yeah. it takes place April 7th through the 10th, right? So through get your 10th. tickets now Yep. Um, to be all ready for that joint. They're going like like hotcakes, huh? Yeah. As far as I know. I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of guessing. <laughs> I think those things are going like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you got the Flag Mountain Film Fest. What's next? Oh, there's also a really cool joint. It's just a one day, one hour program. Hmm. I thought to me, it sounded really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's at the museum of Northern Arizona, mm-hmm. March 22nd, two to 3 PM. It's Anthony Thibodeau. And he is going to be talking about the influence of pop culture on native arts. Um, so I think that's super relevant. Whoa, and yeah. Museum of Northern Arizona puts on some great stuff. So it should great. be should be really interesting about how pop culture has influenced those native arts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I that think, does sound interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that would be the jumping point just to reflect on a lot of influence that's gone on. And reflection can be informative for how to move forward. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then more info on the events page at Mona. At yeah. the Museum of Northern yeah. Arizona website? Yep. So if you check out uh, the Mu- Museum of Northern Arizona um, website, yep, hit that events page. You'll see the details for it there. Plamo. Okay. Last thing, I got more of a shout out this time. Ah, nice shout. shout. Yeah, yeah, we haven't nice done those shout. in a long time, man. Hashtag nice shout. Nice shout. Man, I want to shout out the good friends. Um, Tim Senna and his wife, Misty, with the Veil Tattoo Studio. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the other homie, Jesse Coddington and his wife, Mandy, with New Roots Fitness Co., as they're uh, both awarded Best of Flag 2021. Best of Flag. Yeah, blam. Do we got a button game strong we, for that or what? Well, we don't have the air horn, so yep. how about this? <laughs> Moving on up. Yeah. Yeah, so we got button game strong. Man, huge shout out to Tim and Misty, Jesse and Mandy, Best Tattoo Parlor and Best Personal Trainer in Flagpole, Arizona. Nice. Huge congrats to the homies. Huge congrats. Ah, there we go. <clears throat> yeah. 
our millions of fans ranging all the way from Flagstaff to that one town in Iowa to the one listener in Poland, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them. That's a yeah. lot of hard work. I hope they feel good. Yeah. And they have a neat story. I was telling you earlier, we got to bring them on the podcast, but they grew up together. Friends growing up together in uh, Fort Sumner, New Mexico. Fort Sumner. Fort Sumner. Now they live in Flagpole and are doing really cool things. Yeah. Cool things. Big things in the metropolis of Flagpole, Arizona. Flagpole. Good for them. Congrats. Yeah. All right. So and who we got on the podcast today? Man, we're going Beyond Flag, which is good news for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we're going Beyond Flag with Kaylee Quick, a uh, graphic design and art teacher at the... <laughs> the? Capital the, T-H-E. Yeah, yeah. The Flagstaff High School. Hashtag go... Eagles. Yeah, there we go. Kaylee, a 2009 graduate of Northern Arizona University, also known as... Harvard of the West. Hashtag go... Jumberlags. Lumbers. All right. And she earned a bachelor's degree in education. Uh, she began teaching at the Mount Eldon <laughs> Middle School. Hashtag go. Mems. Mems. Yeah. Thunderbirds. All right. Shout out Russ first now. He's the principal when I was there. Uh, an A plus school with a history of producing top notch alums. <laughs> Can't say that with a straight face. Uh, from there, Kaylee went on to teach at Flagstaff High as a teacher she seeks to connect with her students and sees the roles of a teacher as one that can have a lasting impact. This is found in ways she stays in touch with her students after they graduate and ways she leads while they are in her classroom. This might even include taking a rubber duck to the face. Yeah. Stay tuned for that story. Apparently, uh, keep your eyes peeled for them rubber duckies in her class. Yeah, man. If you're in Kaylee's class, eyes up. Yeah. <laughs> Aware. Eyes up. Eyes up. eyes up. eyes up. You're looking down, taking a rubber duck to the face. <laughs> Whew, man, shout out Kaylee, though. Uh, in 2019, Kaylee was part of the Flagstaff High School team of artists that included Alyssa Williams and Nicole Doherty that won the Vans Custom Culture Contest, which brought in $75,000 to the school. Yeah, in such incredible details. Yeah, don't miss this story. Talking about Alyssa and Nicole, congrats to them. Yeah, what a cool thing. Really good stuff, yeah. And additionally, so Kaylee's art can be found all around town. This includes murals on Salsa Brava, the Starlight Lanes, which is Flagstaff's premier site for uh, strikes and gutters, dude. <laughs> Starlight Lanes gets a V? Capital T-H-E? Yeah, I mean, it's the only place to bowl in town, right? <laughs> yeah. The premier site for strikes and gutters, strikes, dude. Strikes and gutters, dude. Um, and then you can also find her art. And the, there's a collection of electric boxes over by the Flagstaff Mall in those apartments by the Safeway. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Um, she's also designed various concert posters for shows around town, including one for Widespread Panic. And she won Best of Flag Local Artist in the years 2018 and 2020. Also, she was chosen by the Arizona Daily Sun, uh, Flagstaff's local newspaper. I guess we call it the Arizona Daily Sun. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, one of the top 20 people under the age of 40 in Flagstaff for her contributions in teaching and art in the community. Yeah, just a big influence here in the area. And um, do you think people aren't going to know the Daily Sun? Oh, man, I don't know. Isn't that a national? Yeah, it's like New York Times, WAPO, Daily Sun. <laughs> yeah. It's the New York Times of the West. The Tribune. Yeah. <laughs> it's the New York Times of the West. You got it. Yeah, man. So stay tuned as Kaylee, a self-described professional weirdo, discusses growing up in Phoenix, her time at NAU, her work as a high school teacher, various projects she's done, and what's on the docket. And not to reveal too much, but there's an exclusive revealing of a project she's in the works with. Yeah. yeah. Exclusive. Coming your way. We had a ton of fun being able to sit with Kaylee, and we hope you enjoy the interview as well. Thanks for tuning in as we go Beyond Flag with... Kaylee Quick. Welcome to Beyond Flag, a Beyond the Pines production, created by, with, and for the people of Flagstaff building connection in the town we love. We are your hosts, Dr. Daniel J. Phillips, and Cody Bayless, also known as Dr. Chinchilla Nice Nice. Thanks for tuning in as we go Beyond Flag, straight from the dunny of our observatory. Hey, we're back. We're in the Chateau, and we're here with Kaylee Quick. Kaylee, Hello. welcome. Yeah. Hey, Kaylee. Man, thanks for taking time out of this Saturday morning to sit with us. 
Oh, super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll check in on that enthusiasm by the end as well. Yeah. <laughs> just slowly dwindles throughout the duration of <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Maybe you just... can see my upset face. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what we're best at, making excitement dissipate. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that dwindle over time. Um, so, Kaylee, for us, just to jump in, one thing I'd be curious, just kind of what is life like now? You know, if we followed you with a GoPro and just kind of watched you live your life, what would day to day look like? Day to day. Well, it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to jump around a lot. I keep my interests pretty varied. On a normal school day, I'll wake up usually a little late and then scramble to get to work relatively on time and then <laughs> teach the youth of America for a number of hours. And then <laughs> yeah. I come home and I'll make some art. And then, you know, once my husband and stepson get home, family life and dinner, sometimes games or Mario. Yeah, come on. Super Mario, Mario Kart? Kart? Um, yes, sometimes. Yeah. And right now we're playing um, the Super Mario World. Actually, it's Super Luigi World for the Switch. Um, I'm kind of a Mario nerd. I grew up on it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kaylee, you mentioned just being a teacher. Um, we referenced you teaching at Flagstaff High School, hashtag Go Eagles. What are the courses that you teach? I teach graphic design, one, two. I also have a screen printing class, and I work with Dana Camberg, my instructional assistant, who is amazing in every way, shape, and form. So I also have a competitive team that I run through the school. And Yeah. Yeah, what does that look like? So as part of our CTE courses, we need to have what's called a CTSO. It's basically a student organization. Mm-hmm. And so my Skills USA team, I, I develop every year and we do competitions and get together after school and during lunch and usually my third year students. So they've had a number of years to work with me and Got to see them grow and change and <laughs> send them off in the competition. And yeah, they usually do pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. And then for competitions, do you, how does that work? Like, do you go to a place? Is it, do you just submit work? And Oh, it depends on the competition. Yeah. Um, with SkillsUSA, we usually have in-person competitions. Okay. We'll do like an ad design mm-hmm. competition and pin design and t-shirt design are the three that we compete in. Yeah. And then last year it was all virtual because... Well, everything was. Yeah. And uh, this year it looks like we're going to be in person again, which is very exciting. Okay. Very cool. Can I ask what pandemic, just what it was like being a teacher of graphic design and screen printing and those kinds of things? Oof. It was a challenge, you know. I think there were a number of challenges, both logistically on how to teach graphic design meaningfully over an iPad. And then the challenges of connecting with students. Um, like that heartfelt, emotional, really get to know them connection with their screens off. And so that was, you know, that was always juggling. And I was really grateful to come back Mm -hmm. when we were ready to come back because, you know, there's nothing like eye contact and (laughs) jokes can't always be relayed in the same dumb fashion over Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) Without an audience, it's, uh, I don't know if they're laughing or not, so I just feel like a goofball. Right. <laughs> Do you just see their initials and their names on the screen and you imagine them laughing when really they're snoozing, that kind of thing? Um, I wish I imagined them laughing. Yeah. Probably imagine the them snoozing when they were laughing. When they were laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, if I'm thinking positively. Yeah. Can I ask, I don't know if this is, um, yeah, I don't know how you'd feel about this question, but what impacts did you see on the students? Did you see the ways that... Doing school online impacted the students? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question because I was very much pro going online at the time that we started because I was very nervous about COVID as we all were. Mm -hmm. And the impacts that we're seeing now is just some social development delays. I think the kids have a harder time socializing with one another and socializing with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they because they spent a lot of time alone. You know, there's a there's a little bit of a withdrawnness and I I hesitate to say depression. I'm no doctor, but there's a little there's a little sadness there sometimes. Sure. And that they're working through. But, you know, the kids are great. They're they're funny and they're resilient and I think everybody's really scared, but they're a lot more self-aware than I think a lot of people give them credit for. 
Yeah, it was just thinking like in the the socialization aspect of that, it seems like so much of the attention then went to socializing virtually, like through social media platforms or through uh, FaceTime and that kind of thing. And it seems like the thing that you've experienced coming back is like there's a little bit of a delay in all that. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the thing I would wonder is, do you see people preferring that now? Like, do you see that the kids in your class like kind of defaulting to to wanting to use social media as a way as a means to communicate? To connect yeah cell phones are always an issue for a teacher are they yeah. you know it's almost like because the stage that they're in and you know half their desire to come to school is just to socialize with each other you know that yeah that little ring of their phone that brings up a notification is a lot more engaging at times and they yeah. you know they just want to use it to communicate with each other which you know sometimes is great and sometimes it's a little bit distracting yeah sure you know, um, kind of reminds me of our interview with Emma and we were talking about like, what do you see with teenagers now compared to like 10, 20 years ago kind of thing. And we're kind of saying like, it seems like teenagers actually are really similar, but there's this new context of social media and the phone that has really changed things. Yeah, definitely. I think they're exposed to a lot more than, you know, we think about. I'm a child of the internet. I got the internet in fifth grade. And I know that there were a lot of things on the internet I was finding that I should have not found. (laughs) Um, And it's just multiplied so much. You know, they just have access to everything. And I think, you know, it's this odd balance of protecting them, but also at some point needing to acknowledge that they are exposed to these very adult concepts at a young age. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we acknowledge that meaningfully other than just pointing our fingers and saying, no, 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 don't do that. Well, here's the million dollar question. Do you have your input for how to strike that balance? Oh my gosh. As a parent (laughs) and a teacher, it's been really hard because, you know, their brains are developing and the imagery that's being put in it really is molding and shaping their outlook on the world. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, my stepson probably says I'm a little bit too overlordy when it comes to the internet and social media, but I've let the reins go a little bit. Um, And coming to a place of of acceptance is just how it is, you know, and how do we, how do we meaningfully navigate this? But I think for me, like it just comes down to the way that I'm communicating with them in a way that makes them feel like they are more mature than I think sometimes they get credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like coming into that personal conversation, knowing about these experiences they're having on the web. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not speaking to them condescendingly yeah. or like uh, they should be naive or something like a that. A little bit like that. <laughs> I joke about being an overlord in my classroom a lot, but I throw rubber ducks at them when I'm asserting my dominance. They love it. Yeah. And that seems like more of a back. passive kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, seem overlordish. Yeah. It doesn't. I okay. thought it was. It I'm looking them in the me. eyeballs and throwing rubber duckies at them. <laughs> Sounds like an overlord to me. Okay. So, yeah, maybe if you're staring them in the eye while you launch the, it's the it's eye about, contact. Yeah, the direct eye contact. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's how I run my classroom. If I'm a student in one of your classes, what am I doing when a rubber duck is coming at me? Am I <laughs> on my phone or am I talking? Am I throwing notes across the room? Um, sometimes it is a means for me to control the class and get attention. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just absolutely nothing. <clears throat> you know, you got to yeah. keep them on their toes a little bit. I love that. Yes, I love this. <laughs> yeah. At any point, Mrs. Quick could throw a rubber duck at you. Yeah. You got to be quick on your head foot. Yeah. yeah. You want a rubber duck to the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying attention. Yeah. That's right. Get some dialed. That's oh, like uh, that. Uh, what is it? The random scheduled reinforcement or consequence. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing like uh, really mature things. Absolutely. Good behavioral. Behavior. You're tapping right into a behavioral thing. Yeah, yeah, this is great. It's a behavioral strategy. It's yeah. really good if it's random. If they can expect it, they learn when they cannot pay attention uh-huh. and when they can. Yeah. But if it's chaos, you got to be on your toes all the time. Kind of like a slot machine. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. taught me that at NAU when I got my education degree. So. Well, absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about one of the premier universities in the land. Harvard yeah. of the West. Harvard of the West, we like to refer to it as. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> 
You had a different experience then? <laughs> um, you know, I actually had a pretty good experience with my degree at NAU. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I worked with uh, Dr. Pam Stevens. She was my mm-hmm. advisor and professor, and she was just amazing and profound. And I was just this young little thing with, like, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I liked to mm-hmm. make pretty stuff. And so I thought I'd teach the youth of America how to make pretty stuff. Yeah. And then she just really opened up my eyes on what education could be. Ah, oh, that's so cool. How did it change? How did your vision change or your understanding of it change? Um, I think it was also part of the time of my life when you're entering college and you just kind of like, holy crap, there's a whole world out here that I didn't expect. But more of like the theory behind why I'm teaching. Because a lot of my art teachers in high school, they just like let us make pretty stuff all the time. So I thought that was going to be my job. But actually having a foundation and why we do this. She she teaches uh, discipline-based art education, so it's a lot of ties with other um, disciplines within art. And so just starting to see the ways that art was really meaningful outside of like the enjoyment of creating art and connecting with other subject matters. And yeah, that was very valuable for me. Yeah. And when did you discover that? Was this at NAU? Yeah. Yeah. I started at NAU in 2005. Okay. And then you graduate around oh nine, 09 or so? yeah. Okay. How did you find NAU? I imagine you have acceptance letters from Princeton and Yale and Harvard and oh, all kinds of great so places. Oh, you're so sweet. I was the worst high school student. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, Harvard's well known for its art. <laughs> yeah, Harvard and art. Yeah. Harvard and art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so high school, your experience in high school was yeah. not very good. Well, I had. I had a lot of things going on within my family dynamic at that time. And so I was really acting out a lot in ways that people didn't really recognize. And I could have used a good teacher to like connect with me on that. And so I really only gave my energy towards art and music. And so that left my GPA pretty mediocre when you're getting A's in art and music and like D's and everything else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and music, what did you do for music? I was a clarinet player. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a guitar player and piano. And mm-hmm. I wanted to actually teach music before I wanted to get into teaching art. Yeah. Um, from like fourth grade to 12th grade. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Early you had a vision of that. Yeah. yeah, I've always wanted to be a teacher since... Well, I wanted to be a school bus driver when I was in first grade. Okay, yeah. okay. You know, so... That transitioned me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it about driving the bus that felt most <laughs> connected for you? Um, was... My bus driver. Yeah. She was so sweet. Uh-huh. She actually called me Kayleen for a year uh-huh. or two before I corrected her because yeah. I was too nervous. Didn't want to like upset the. Yeah. Yeah. She was really nice to me. I didn't want to change that. You know, Kaylee. Yeah. She's a troublemaker, but Kayleen. <laughs> She's studious and gets on the bus correctly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Compulsive rule follower. Huh? Oh, yeah, that Kayleen. Yeah. So then when you corrected her, did Kaylee come out? Yeah. <laughs> Kaylee started causing ruckus on the oh, bus. Oh, yeah, it just got crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So school bus driver to teacher. Yeah. Music teacher to art teacher. Yeah. Played various instruments. Did you, was Kenny G an inspiration, an early inspiration? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was a soprano sax player, so... Is that like looked down upon by clarinet or like where's the hierarchy? What does that mean? Soprano sax is kind of the bottom of the yeah, yeah. barrel kind of thing. Well, He's just not a really. Sax. It's like each instrument has its own person temperament. You know, there's yeah. a person that connects with like a style of instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm not hating on Kenny G, you know, but he is a soprano sax player. Yeah. So what's the personality of a soprano sax player? Kenny G. Kenny G. <laughs> long curly hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hair. You start growing that long yeah. mane as soon as you grab one. <laughs> it's not hair. It's a mane. It's a mane. Get your perm. <laughs> Get your perm, perm. going. Okay. Lions, now I know. It's a pedal sax. Yeah. What about a clarinet? What's the personality of a clarinet? Well, you know, I wanted to play trumpet, and trumpet players can sometimes be a little cocky. But uh-huh. my family... Um, couldn't afford a trumpet, but my aunt had a clarinet underneath my grandmother's bed. Ah. And if I wanted to play clarinet, which I was very excited about, mm-hmm. I had to go dig out that clarinet under the bed and I found it and, uh, it was very exciting. So that's like hooked. a good origin story. Yeah. 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 And then you got hooked. And so clarinetists are like, um, opportunists, like, uh, 
I'll take it. Yeah. I was kind of, I was the like black sheep of the band kids. Like I was pretty good. Toot my own horn. Toot, toot. (laughs) But, and all of my, my friends in band who played clarinet were very studious and very type A and left brained and very articulate. And Uh I was just like, "Ah, I'm wild. So, um, I didn't fit the mold as much, but I loved the instrument and I'll still play it from time to time. Will you? Mm-hmm. All right. And then do you play any other instruments now? Yeah, I've picked up the bass guitar recently. Ah. Just bought one. Which I was going to say, um, in doing a little IG stalking, I think I found you playing the bass and there was a, was it Tool? I think you said, what I song was. is this? And it was 46 and 2. Is <laughs> yes. that right? Yeah. Oh, 46 and 2? Yes. Yeah. I'm such a Tool fan. I love right that on. opening line. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. I called that one. I was uh, really excited about that. Like just, yeah, just hearing you play, I was like. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> 46 and 2. Yeah. Yes. That's so cool. So you play bass pretty regularly now? Um, I haven't been playing regularly for a minute. Okay. I was in a band for a little bit. Oh, but, come on. Um, the lead lead guitarist and singer passed away, unfortunately. Oh, so. no. Yeah, Haven Walker. We were in a band together, and it was just kind of a freak accident. And I haven't yeah. really played that much since. It was, you know, a little traumatizing and, yeah yeah you know he was a real inspiration really amazing player and mm-hmm. yeah what genre what would you all play <clears throat> oh man it was it was a little all over the place it was kind of jam bandy you know that was that was the band's thing too and i've never been super jam bandy and i was learning a lot um being a very noodly clarinet lead player going to the <laughs> bass you know transitioning to something a little bit more grounded was was a challenge for me, but mm. I, I wrote a lot of songs and that was really fun getting, Very cool. stretching my wings a little bit and mm-hmm. I'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. All in good time. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all play shows around town and that kind of thing? No, we weren't no? there yet. Okay. Yeah. It would have been cool though. Actually, we played at the Mountaineer Tavern once. Oh, come on. Premier. Yeah. yeah. Premier venue in Flagstaff, Arizona, rivaling the uh, Orpheum. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mountaineer Tavern. Um, <laughs> did you have a name for the band also? Um, what did we... We actually had a lot of conversations about what it should be. And we never really came down to it. One of the one of the uh, members wanted to call it Kaylee and the Monsters. <laughs> yeah. Which I really liked. And Monsters spelled how? Monsta. M-O-N-S-T-A. Yeah. Kaylee and the Monsters. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that was one that was being tossed around, but never really firmly landed on anything. Never or... firmly landed. There was a lot okay. of debate, you know, as bands can get. We sure definitely had a lot of our debates. Mm-hmm. That name seems so important. Like yeah. any other names that were rivaling it? I wanted to call it Cloud River because I thought that was a really cool visual. Yeah. But nobody else really felt that it fit the, the genre that we Okay. Didn't have dialed. Okay. I <laughs> almost wonder, can we, uh, yeah. Can we find another place for cloud river in your life? Um, I, I have the Instagram. Okay. Like uh-huh. hidden, you know, I, I made it just cause I was worried that somebody was going to come up with this idea after me and take it. I don't know. Okay. So well, let's sit on it. The three of us, do you guys play any instruments? Nope. I did used to DJ back in the day. Did you? So he's, yeah. yeah. So I used so to records. Yeah. The, the tables. Yeah. That's an yeah. instrument. That's like instruments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where did you DJ? So I lived in LA for a while and I used to DJ out there. Well, here, but then in LA, I started when I was in Flagstaff in high school, actually. And then um, when I got a second turntable, that was a big deal. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time. Um, so I used to DJ poetry lounges at the school I was going to and that sort of thing. And then honestly, I was just kind of like a record digger or a crate digger, like uh, underground hip hop kind of dude. And cool. spent a lot of time in my room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> kind of what Spin I was doing. Doing those ones and twos. On the ones and twos, yeah. So I got way into like sampling sampling records and looping beats and that kind of thing. And uh, I made a volume one and volume two referred to as nice instrumentals. So my, <laughs> my DJ name was <laughs> Cody Be Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. now I've just outed you, so you're going to have to put this in the show notes. Totally. Oh, for albums. sure. If someone can find, I might have a way to find nice instrumentals, man. But yeah, yeah that's let's probably get, let's get in a that. crate somewhere. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, <laughs> in the nice instrumentals. Yeah, which I actually I'm curious about this. I would wonder where did you grow up? I grew up in Phoenix. In Phoenix, okay. Very North Phoenix, off Happy Valley, yeah, okay. Pinnacle Peak. So when you were a kid, that was like the 
way out there. It was super desert. Yeah. I used to jump my bike in the desert all the time. It yeah. was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then it like got really built up in the time that I lived there. I lived there my whole life. Mm-hmm. And then it just like houses everywhere. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we got the gas station, that was a big deal. That was a thing. That was, well, holy crap, there's McDonald's and a gas station now. <laughs> this place yeah. is booming. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix, what I remember is it used to start maybe around like Deer Valley Road. Around mm-hmm. there, does that sound about right? Yeah, like we were in? close to Deer Valley, okay. more north. Yeah, even further north, yeah. Man, what was it like jumping bikes in the desert and Happy Valley Road? is? A- yeah, it's pretty cool. I was a lot more fearless when I was a kid, Yeah, and that's really where it came out. Yeah. Just playing, and you know, back before the interwebs, like, you'd get together with your friends outside, and mm. parents weren't as overlordy back then, <laughs> word of the day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you could just kind of peace out and... Just go play. And I think that was really crucial to my development at that age. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. And so going, growing up, going through high school, and then you found yourself at NAU. Yeah. Okay. Did you, were there any other universities that you were looking at at the time? Um, No, I liked NAU because Flagstaff was kind of a hippie town in my mind and it was close enough, but far enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I didn't really know that much what I was getting into. I was kind of just like going with it I had a boyfriend at the time that wanted to go to NEU and it just sounded good and I was just floating a little bit okay yeah when I when I talk to people at that stage of life right now like um moving from high school to whatever next phase is going to go on for them it seems like really paralyzing now different than what I remember I remember it being incredibly difficult to know what to do mm-hmm. and to how to pick a, ta- a path. But I felt like it was kind of like just taking steps and doing one thing after another and eventually kind of getting rhythm with it. When I talk to kids nowadays, it seems like they're almost like paralyzed with it. What do you see or and how similar do you think your experience was to what you see in the kids nowadays? Um, I think it is very paralyzing for a lot of kids. And I think there's a number of reasons it's paralyzing. Even my very studious academic students are finding it a little bit heavy mm-hmm. to consider that. Um, I think for a variety of reasons, like schools become so expensive and they know that school was very expensive when I went to school and I'm still paying off my student loans. And mm. now they're jumping into something and they're 18 and they might not necessarily know like oh my gosh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Now I'm going to commit how many thousands of dollars and go in debt. And that's scary. Mm -hmm. But I think also, like there's for a while, and it still can kind of be this way, but I think it's getting better in the school system that like high school to college pipeline where everybody goes to college and that's the ultimate goal when that's not really for every student. Like maybe a trade school is great for some students. They'll be very successful in that. That's the way that their brain works and autos or something like that. Mm-hmm. I went to massage therapy school mm-hmm. and it was very, very good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I mean, sometimes I'll say to students that maybe they should take a gap year and travel or a few gap years until they know a little bit more about who they are, what they want, you know, and then pursue that. I don't know. That's the standard teacher approach, but. Yeah. To me, like when I hear you describe that, it sounds like, um, like more considerate of where a student might be in their life opposed to this idea of like, this is the next step for you. Right. Yeah. I think we're trying to force them into adults a lot and it's just a different time. In a lot of ways they're subjected to adult content, but you know, they might not be as ready as like previous generations to like commit to like the nine to five and mm-hmm. like straight to college and a career and something very specific. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Like yeah. giving a little bit of room for them to grow and mature into their own minds mm-hmm. before they jump into anything big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always tell them, don't get married. Don't have kids until you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, cause I think they feel like, oh, now I'm going to have to have a family in the next handful of years and I'm going to have to get married in my 20s. And that's what people do. And yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be that path. It feels like life's coming at them fast. Yeah. And I think like there's a lot of expectations on these kids. I think then I don't want to say like previous or even I had from parents and teachers, but it seems like there's. A lot more pressure to succeed and be 
an idealized version of who they should be when, you know, they, they're, they're coasting too and learning too and figuring it all out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have ideas for why that is? Do I have ideas for why that is? I don't know. Why that pressure is increasing or seemingly to increase. I think that parents are exposed to a lot more too, you know, with the internet, like we see a lot and we have a lot of expectations for who our kids should be, very high expectations. And I think that can be intimidating when you, no matter who you are, whether you live up to these parental expectations or not, mm-hmm. it can be a lot. And I think sometimes it's it's a little crippling. Yeah, I get the sense from you, Kelly, that you're very caring toward the students in your in your classes. Like it seems like you're able to relate and share advice in a way that I guess just hearing the way that you even describe it, that I think students would be open to hearing what you have to say to them. Thank you. I that's kind of my number one thing. Yeah. Like I have expressed I didn't really connect with high school. I didn't have a lot of teachers that really seemed to reach out and care. And so mm. that's part of the reason why I'm here, because I care about the individual a lot. And sometimes like I care about what I teach a lot. Like I love graphic design. I love creating, but at the end of the day, it's more about the person there in front of me that I can connect with. than it is about the discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, I can't remember which article this was in. This is part of my uh, stocking research sort of (laughs) thing. Right. But you, you had this quote and you said, kids might not remember what you taught them, but they will remember how you made them feel. And I guess I was wondering if you could unpack that a little bit. Um, what's funny about that quote, and I was kind of called out about it. Um, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, that is, that has just stuck with me and it kind of came out in the moment of that. And it's, it's something really important because it's how I remember, you know, the teachers that I did connect with, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I keep in touch with a lot of kids after they graduate and, you know, like a few yeah. dozen of them. And I think that that sentiment of like how I made them feel is has carried through because, you know, they still enjoy, like they'll reach out to me on important things or important questions still. And they're like 22, mm-hmm. you know? And so there you are riding your bike in the desert, you're playing music, <laughs> creating art and kind of floating. You say kind of floating. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And NAU seemed like a good fit being the hippie school that it is. Yeah. <laughs> the hippie town. Um, but you made it, you alluded to getting here and it being different than what you expected in some ways, or that you went through your own process of learning or experience there. So what, how was college different than what you had anticipated? I just learned how to think more critically. I Mm -hmm. think in high school, because I didn't really pay attention that much and I didn't have a lot of teachers that I connected with academically. And, you know, your brain just starts to evolve at that time. You just start to open up to more critical ideas. Um, I had a lot of professors that I just really connected with and taught me a lot just about how to interact and how to think about the world. And that felt really good. And I also was exploring a lot of other things at the time. I wasn't just like going the academic route. Started a circus. That was pretty fun. Can you tell us about that? 2007, right? All right. So here's the story. Yeah. I had a friend who I met um, named Dan Stern. And he was an art history major, had dreadlocks. Hilarious. And uh, he decided, I think his sophomore year, to quit college and then go live in a van and travel up the coast of California. Yeah. Well, he did that, much to his parents' dismay. And he met a street performer named Street Show Keith, learned how to juggle and do street performance. And so he made his living in his van doing that. Then he came back to Flagstaff and he's like, I'm going to start a juggling club. And so I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to learn how to juggle. That sounds like right up my alley. (laughs) So I learned how to juggle became treasurer of the juggling club. Oh, so the juggling club had a leadership organization. Yeah, we were like official NAU juggling club. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It was through NAU. Yeah. Okay. And so everybody learned how to juggle and that was really fun. And then Dan was like, all right, we're going to start an amateur circus. I was like, hell yeah. You know, it was like (laughs) 2007 and you know, it just sounded like wild and fun and he was really good at what he did. And so I wanted to do what he did. 
because I've always had a little natural performer in my heart. And so we started doing like backyard shows. I learned how to spin fire and that was really fun. And we just did all these little underground shows. And do you guys remember the joint? I do remember the joint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We performed at the joint. Okay. But yeah. Different style of performance. It was. Okay. <laughs> elite nightclub in town. It was yeah. the elite nightclub. That was our step up from our backyard shows. Yeah. That might've then... been the follow-up to shaky drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do you know of Shaky Drakes? No. Uh, it's it's a it's a legend. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pro- Shaky Drakes is like uh, probably the '80s equivalent to the joint in the way you're referencing oh, the okay. joint. Yeah. 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 It's like Miami Vice meets the joint, probably. <laughs> in rural Sounds like Arizona. a great establishment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Upstanding <laughs> reputation. Yeah. I had no business at the joint, but man, it was really funny to be able to say I performed there. I, yeah. Hearing you say I was <laughs> at the joint, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're going from uh, teaching to. Yeah. 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 Spin and yeah. fire at the joint. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. And so then what did the circus evolve into? Did it just slowly go away at some point or it, did it keep expanding it was around for about 10 years Mm -hmm. so yeah we eventually got bigger and did more things got a band and kind of didn't like hollow blue we do every year we do our own shows and we'd perform at electric kingdom did you guys ever go yeah down at the green room yeah Yeah. i don't know that i ever went but i remember seeing a lot of photos and hearing a lot of stories from people who went yeah Yeah. it was really fun yeah so we did a number of those for over the years Mm -hmm. okay yeah. Was this rewarding for that performance side of yourself that you referenced? Was this what? Rewarding? Yeah. Yeah. You put me in front of a crowd and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm actually kind of shy and introverted in person. Like I, I really get a lot of time to myself, which I enjoy and I get a little social anxiety. But for some reason you put me on the stage and then it's game on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny to hear you say that. I remember seeing this photo of you. So this would have been after the Vans contest, right? Mm-hmm. Which I want to get into a little bit. But there's a picture of you with the two students, I think, or maybe a group of people, and you're accepting the check or the award or whatever it was for that thing. And you have, like, the best look on your face, like <laughs> blue hair, just excited. And it looked like there was a lot of energy and enthusiasm, even with the crowd. Yeah, it was. And it was cool being up there with the kids and I didn't know what to expect and I couldn't hear anything. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure if we won, which was really obvious that we have, but I, I was just being really neurotic. And then I looked at the check down below. I was like, Oh good. It says 75. It looks like we won. Yes. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm holding a giant trophy. It hadn't dawned on me yet. Yeah. (laughs) The check is what confirms it. Did we want the trophy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that contest or yeah, just the process of it? What happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. Um, So I came into it a little cocky. I heard about the contest, which we had applied for a couple of years, but did not get in. And uh, we got in through an application process and only 500 schools got selected at that point. And what's the competition? So who's the contest through and what are they asking? What are the parameters of the contest? Oh, all right. So it's from Vans, like the shoe company, Mm -hmm. clothing company. They do a lot. And so they put on like the biggest contest for art students, uh, the Vans Custom Culture Contest. And in that contest, they're given to each school who gets selected is giving two sets of blank shoes. And so the goal is to design the shoes and get it into the top 50 where it goes to community vote and then the top five, which it goes to Vans vote. And so... Yeah, we got accepted in the top 500, and then it was pretty much game on. Like, I came into it, like I said, a little cocky, and I told my students from the beginning, I'm like, we gonna win this. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I kind of yeah. was, like, a little bit, like, puffery, you know? <laughs> and it's nice to get them excited. Like, yeah, when they go yeah. in fierce, they go in strong. So that was really fun. And I had a competition within my classes, about 150 students, where we had templates and we designed the the shoes ideas based off of two different things that they gave us. The first requirement was that we had to do a shoe based off of local flavor. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was off the wall. 
so they could pick whichever theme that they wanted to. And then ultimately I would choose the top two, one for each theme. And so that had about 150 submissions and that was cool because the kids were all in from the beginning. Mm -hmm. They were like, like I hadn't seen them, like every kid coming up with questions to each other, to me, critiques all the time. How do I make this better? And, Mm -hmm. and then when I chose the top two, Alyssa Williams and Nicole Doherty's, um, the students just rallied behind them. They were pumped. Like they took all their energy that they had from their own designs and really just like put it full force into them, which was really wonderful to see. And so we had, you know, our two shoes selected and then it just became into constructing them, which I think took 75 hours between, you know, both shoes together. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkable amount of effort and energy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And those girls are crazy too. (laughs) And I loved it. And they both were just super passionate, fully in. And, you know, they've got a bunch of other stuff going on in their life and they just took so much time to dedicate to this and finish this. So yeah, that was cool. That's so cool to hear. And then was it local flavor and off the wall? Mm-hmm. And then was it about a pair of each of those, I guess? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can tell us anything about the design. Okay, so local flavor. Alyssa is Navajo, and so she took a lot of her own cultural stuff and put them in her shoes. Like she had yeah. Monument Valley featured on there. She had some traditional patterns. She did some embroidery of some succulents and put them on there and some aspen trees. And those were super beautiful. and. Mm-hmm. She really put her whole heart in. And Melissa, I could go on about her for the rest of this podcast. Sure. Because she is just like so unbelievably talented in so many different ways. And then Nicole did their shoes just in their own style. Um, A lot of like almost cartoony. And Mm -hmm. Nicole's really great at just kind of coming up with these really abstract and different and interesting um, compositions and it was really cool to see them step up and kind of showcase their work because I don't think Nicole is always connected with the academic lifestyle, which is totally fine. I didn't either. And just to see Nicole uh, just flourish in this way and get put in the limelight and still be a little bit of a rebel (laughs) (laughs) within that. Yeah. So then tell us about the ceremony, the ceremony where it's too loud on stage. You don't know if you've actually won. But Vans shows up here to town? Yeah. So after it went to community vote, which was pretty huge, like Flagstaff really wrapped around us in a very special way and Mm -hmm. voted and voted and voted. And then we won. And um, I'm on stage and Vans threw a huge concert for the kids. Like, yeah. um, And the whole school was there, like kids were moshing and taking (laughs) off their shirts. And I'm standing there like, what the heck is going on? Um, And then we were only on stage for a minute, you know, why they presented the the award and Mm -hmm. the check and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the accolades. It was just really surreal because so much work went into it, like, even outside of just the competition within my class and the kids designing the shoes, marketing to the community was a big one. And so worked with a number of entities like um, Rand Jenkins from Mountain Mojo and um, Zach Fountain was the, the district uh, communi- communications director at the time and he was really invested and involved. So a large part of it, I don't think that most people realize is how much marketing and connection to the community went into getting that community support and vote. And the community latched on, you know, and they pushed it themselves. It wasn't like a, we asked, well, we did ask them to, but you know, they were invested and they showed up and that was really cool to be like supported and wrapped around in that way. Uh, So I like kind of remember that time and just thinking like, that is bonkers that Flagstaff high school won this contest. And this, I just think of Flagstaff as kind of like a blip on the map in a lot of ways. And so it seems that the town was able to rally, really kind of support, and y'all got this really cool recognition. Yeah. Yeah. I even think, I think, uh, yeah, you, the way you describe yourself as a high school student, and then the way you talk about looking out at the crowd and the energy and kind of the just passion of it is like who you describe yourself as when you were joking about Kayleen and Kaylee. 
you know, it's like that crowd that like you brought that energy. Like maybe if it was a different teacher, they wouldn't even known about the contest or have applied for the contest. And then if it was another teacher, maybe the teacher wouldn't have said, Hey, we're winning this <laughs> like from the jump. Right. And yeah. got the energy going. And, and the way you talk about your experience in high school, you actually brought that to the students. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking like a leadership quality there. Yeah. yeah. Like we're winning this joint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just project confidence. And then- <laughs> it's like yeah. a stand by me movie type situation yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, <laughs> I wonder what it was like. I don't know if this moment happened and maybe I'm just like, um, uh, man, I'm just like pumped at how you could get students to do this. But I wonder if there was a point at which where you could look in their eyes the student's eyes and, and see their actual sense of confidence or their sense of pride in the moment. It's such a tough period of life. And I was wondering if, you, if after they won, if you could see it in their faces. There was a glow about them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, they were both sophomores at the time in my graphic design one class, which was oh, wow. kind of big. Yeah. And um, just still having that, like, youthful innocence, which, I mean, whenever you get put in the national limelight like that i'm sure spotlight um it would feel a little overwhelming but you know they handled it with grace mm-hmm. um i think with eyes wide open very mm-hmm. wide mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but they're both funny and they're both opposites like so opposites mm-hmm. Alyssa was very studious very you know um creative and athletic and nicole's very very creative but she didn't really connect with the rest of it and nicole mm-hmm. would occasionally say like little things that she shouldn't say on like to the media <laughs> like the school looks like a prison and i'm like ah Nicole. <laughs> you know just giving the nicks that oh face. man I'm, I'm down with that yeah we kind of yeah i enjoy yeah. hearing that that's great yeah yeah it's like Typical. after my own heart yeah so what other projects are you currently working on then um, I've got a couple of things in the works. Um, three main things. Okay. Do, do we got like an exclusive release here? You've got an exclusive oh, come on, release. Yeah. Can we get the air but horn? Can we get the, we got button game got strong? the air horn on the buttons. Yeah. Okay. I heard your guys' button game was strong. <laughs> well, I'm letting it down now. <laughs> the one time. That's why I yeah. showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Just because yeah, so like, the buttons. Yeah. Oh no, now I'm all flustered. Man. Yeah, it was like we use them inappropriately all the time. And then the one time we could use it appropriately, just... Drop the ball. There we go. Yeah, thank you. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what should I talk about first? Okay. So I like to jump around in projects and that kind of keeps my brain engaged, like between teaching and self-art projects. And my... I'm fortunate in that because I do have a teaching career, I get to um, just work on whim and passion in other times. And right now my current obsession is about a book that I'm both illustrating and writing. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, um, I hesitate to talk too much about it because it's not like, you know, finished. It's still in the works, but it's called Light and Chaos. Uh And it is a book, I basically am summing it up as like a mental health sci-fi illustration book where each page has a illustrated concept and then a written kind of uh, not statement but just something written that connects with that illustration yeah usually about my own weird inner workings and yeah how did the idea come about um I've been kind of mulling it over for a number of years now I started it last year, just a bunch of concept sketches in my journal and mm-hmm. in on my iPad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then in the past few months, I've just really picked it up energetically again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just issues of mental health have always been something that's very important to me. And mm-hmm. I just, <clears throat> I, I connect with people a lot about these subjects and to like have a, a forum that I can just kind of present all of these ideas in instead of just like talking into the Facebook of it abyss. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Very cool idea one: light and chaos. Light and chaos. Sci- sci-fi mental health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned being a little hesitant to throw it out there, as it's a, it's in the works. I, I talked with a publisher last week or this week. 
Okay. Come on. Yeah. Will you uh, let us know what happens in a progressive way? Hell like, yeah, I will. Keep in touch and let us know so yeah. we can speak to it when it when it comes to fruition. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting, and I'm going to use this as a platform to try and like find somebody. Okay. And I'm waiting for somebody to tell me that this is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to partially fund being able to print the book through selling the illustrations as NFTs. Okay. Ah, yeah. yeah. And I know nothing about what I'm talking about yet. So I'm really looking for somebody who knows a lot more about this yeah. to connect yeah. with. So. Okay. Perfect. Well, if we you are not think, your people, uh, well, we're just going to, yeah, we are not your people. <laughs> but uh, for me, I would say, yeah, Kaylee, that's crazy. Cool. Yeah, you're on the right path then. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah crazy, and uh, that means it's a green light, not yeah. a red light. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, that's a, what a, yeah, that's so cool to think ahead like that, to progress and push things rather than do more of the same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious about this NFT thing, which like everybody jumped on this bandwagon well before I did. Um, but just like as far as the future of art and digital art, you know, because a lot of times I find digital art not as accessible for people as selling a physical painting mm-hmm. and kind of creating a space in a realm where, you know, consumers of art can gravitate to that mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I like because mm-hmm. I think a lot of digital artists don't get the credit, yeah. you know, at least mm-hmm. that's what I see because I do both digital and physical and my physical stuff sells a lot easier. Mm-hmm than anything digital just because people i think understand it a little bit more mm-hmm, sure. and what went into it yeah but it's kind of it's the way the world's moving right right it's the digital and the nft stuff yeah this is cool yeah yeah keep in touch with us and let us know what happens i will yeah yeah when then I, share with anyone who might be able to help kaylee right now huh? yeah yeah Come yeah on. our moms listen to this podcast so They're Hi, mom. they are plugged in yeah yeah it is going to be my mom's birthday a couple of days ago too when this thing releases so uh happy birthday joyce Happy yeah. birthday, Joyce. Happy yeah, from birthday. Kaylee, Dunny, and your son. Yeah. <sighs> yes, we'll get this Joyce. thing just really out there in the in the universe. Yeah. And so you mentioned two other projects as well? Yes. Yeah. What else? So we spoke about me being a performer back in the day, which I haven't done in a few years. Yeah. Um, uh, but I want to do a show called Robot Apocalypse in july okay so it's coming up here soon july 2022 july 2022 i haven't released the date yet but we're gonna do a call for performers soon it's kind of like a circus variety show aerial even spoken word just like run through of like each act is its own version of a robot apocalypse scenario <laughs> so cool. awesome. yeah. with some Love crazy it. set design and lights and music and yeah big party okay so. oh that sounds awesome yeah. it does robot yeah. apocalypse yeah it's such yeah. great energy to bring to the community yeah thanks i try and channel my like inner crazy to do something creative with it where i was a stressing out about you know robots taking over the world mm-hmm. personally to my husband in a in a slight serious slight not serious way yeah. and he he likes to help channel that we're like why don't we do another robot apocalypse show yeah and so then i go from my like neurotic energy like oh my gosh we're all screwed to like oh yeah i'm gonna make something really weird and pretty yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i kind of share your same uh, fear there yeah, yeah. like, like uh, yeah. Tolkien has Lord of the Rings yes. to address the Industrial Revolution, and Robot Apocalypse will be the technological That's the next, yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. revolution. Yeah, I yeah. consider myself on the same level. Yeah, too, exactly. Know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. And then what's the third? I'm working on a <clears throat> a show which I haven't figured out where I want to put it yet. A painting show. I've got a new series of this combination of digital collage and uh, acrylic abstracts that I'm very excited about. I've been posting a lot of those on my Instagram lately. I haven't posted any of the book stuff because that's top super secret and it's a little outside of my normal style. Okay. But this one is kind of within my style that I'm used to doing, but a little bit separate with the kind Mm -hmm. of digital um, realistic Mm -hmm. uh, drawings Mm -hmm. and then collaged with paint so very so, cool so more of a secure medium and outlet yeah, yeah it's not as yeah. weird you know <laughs> i don't know that i'd use the word 
weird though. Like, you, yeah, you. You keep guys haven't minimizing. seen my book yet. It's a little weird. <laughs> okay, okay, but oh, in a maybe. good way. Like, yeah. I'm I'm a professional weirdo. Like, I don't take that as <laughs> a negative. Yeah, I had to see that as like a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, absolutely. aren't we all? Yeah, aren't we all. Yeah. PWs. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm stoked, and I I'm really appreciative that you're willing just to share what you're doing, including the book, even with the reservation yeah. you have. Thanks. Speaking to it, thanks for just sharing. That. Yeah, put it out there. On the third one, you mentioned you're still looking for a space to to host your show. Yeah. Or, yeah. Very cool. Do you have a like a rough time frame when you're looking to? No, it's just been coming out very organically. Cool. That is kind of the like really nice thing about having a secure job is that I do have the ability to play with all of these other things mm. instead of like needing to be commercial or my art need to be in a specific way in order for it to sell. So, yeah. well, so, uh, yeah, thanks so much for sharing. And for us, we ask our guests when they come on, uh, to sum up as best they can in a handful of sentences, how do you define Flagstaff or yeah, how would you describe Flagstaff? Flagstaff for me has been really largely about the connections to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had a lot of success, but largely it is due to connections and just sharing heartfelt things with other people and wanting to help each other, being in positions where I can help other people, being in positions where I can be helped. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the foundation of this community for me, just that connection and that sharing and that eagerness to lift up one another in a non-competitive way mm-hmm. um, has been something that's kept me here. Yeah. Something that I didn't understand coming from Phoenix, just being very separate from, I didn't really have a strong sense of community and granted I was young, so I hadn't evolved into that yet. Mm-hmm. But here, you know, it's been really special and just so many friendships and things that bring me a lot of joy that's kept me here yeah it's so cool to hear it just thinking there was a question i was wondering earlier was what kept you in flag after leaving university and um what i hear you saying is the connection to the people and it seems that over the course of your time here you've really been able to be one of those people that contributes to the connection and the fabric of the town like seeing your art all around and being able to to have a positive influence in the lives of uh, high schoolers in town is really cool thank you yeah for me, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to sit with us again. This has been a real pleasure to to sit with you and to get to hear your story and make some jokes and talk about some fun stuff and all the great things that you're doing as well. Thanks, man. I'm super flattered to be here. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're flattered that you came. Uh, you should not be flattered to be here. We're happy that you came. It really was a joy to listen to you and see the energy you bring and you're disseminating it. And in such an important way with the youth of America, as you refer to them. <laughs> yeah, times. youth of America, that was great. Man, youth of America are fortunate to have yeah. Kaylee Quick come on. on as their advocate. Yeah, button so. game. Thank you. We don't, we don't have the air horn. Come on. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Can there you go. That's the closest thing we got to. <laughs> to, a, to an air horn. Sorry uh, about Dave, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Kaylee. All right. <laughs> Kaylee Quick just left the joint. She gone. She gone. She's off for the day. She's off for the day, man. Off to rest. Yeah. She showed us. So she showed us the images of the book that she was talking about. Man, that is cool. Yeah. Really neat, right? It is really neat. Both you and I talked about it. We should have looked his name up real quick, but uh, we talked about... uh, this Jungian climate scientist mm-hmm. who uh, talks about artists being aware of what change is needed mm-hmm. and addressing criticisms of what currently is and ideas for how to progress out of that yeah. in the collective unconscious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, her art really, to me, represents that. She says, you know, it's these pieces that talk about mental health and yeah. The art was incredible. And then the little narrative she showed us one. Yeah. And yeah, so representative of what's going on. Yeah, just incredible, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, really speaking to, like you mentioned with the Jungian psychology thing, like what's going on with the collective unconscious and mm-hmm. then sort of identifying ways to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um Gosh, yeah, I love the art. I love the concept. I love the like robot apocalypse idea. <laughs> um, everything for me is, yeah, it's just so important, I guess. I love how she describes herself as a professional weirdo with all that. It's yeah. Like, no, I think you're kind of tapped into something. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she knows what she's doing. She's 
Tolkien-esque, right? She's Tolkien-esque. Same level. Same level. Hashtag same levels. Hashtag same levels, maybe beyond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then more broadly, so for me, um, the thing that I come out of sitting with her with is, um, you know, she talks about this, she talked about in a way of like her high school self feeling really uncertain Mm -hmm. and somewhat uncomfortable in some realms of the world, maybe the academic world, or Mm -hmm. she describes herself, she, she joked um, talking about that bus driver story she joked about Kayleen and Kaylee, right? And <laughs> yeah, Kaylee's Kayleen. this crazy one. Yeah. Um, and yet she's brought that energy and funneled it into the system. She's a teacher now, yeah. right? She's part of the system or the machine that kids may experience there. Yeah. Yeah. And yet gets to direct them. So she gets to take that energy that feels like craziness to her. Yeah. And obviously then coming out in the van's competition with the wind. Totally. evidence of her success in ch- channeling that. Totally. I love her describing how she's just kind of like, I don't know, like puffed up chest. Like, we're going to win this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to win. Yeah. We do need to yeah. start recording these things because their yeah. facial expressions, our guests, their facial totally. expressions totally play into. Sometimes there's these coy looks or like yeah. these knowing smiles. Totally. With the things that they're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. There's this element that's missed only by doing this audio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's so cool. Just like you're saying, she brings that energy to the classroom. And it seems like what it does is it just brings people together. Like yeah. being a, for me, it's so surprising to hear about Flagstaff High School winning this contest. Yeah. Like that's huge in my mind. Like how do you yeah. get a town or a school from Flagstaff to do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so she just, yeah, seems to have this really connective energy. Yeah. Very caring. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like she really cares about her students. Yeah. Like hearing her talk about like staying in touch with people after they yeah. graduate and that kind yeah. of thing. Kind. Just kind, genuine, yeah. Heart of gold. She was kind enough <laughs> to come on our podcast yeah. after listening to the story about Papalop- Papalopagus. Papalopagus, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't pop you for short. <laughs> So she, so one episode she had listened to was Poppy and she still came on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was the social media one, right? (laughs) Talking about stepping in the almond butter poop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If that didn't deter you, man, you got an openness to this experience. (laughs) Let's see what this is like. Yeah. So thank you, Kaylee, for your time. So cool to know her. Um, We'll be happy to post what she's doing because she obviously has a skill with connecting people. Yeah, no doubt. And doing great things on the docket. Really cool stuff. So looking forward to seeing what comes about. Yeah, so we'll look forward to reposting what she has going on. Come on. All right. Why don't you take us out by shouting us out? No doubt. You can always find us on the interwebs at www.beyondflag.com. Flag spelled. F-L-G. And we are on the Instagram. We've been on that gram. We've been getting Beanie's Biggest Towers. And, Beanie's uh, Biggest Towers. Beanie's Biggest Towers. Hey, and Top Shelf Dean and the Double Decker. Top Shelf Dean had a Double Decker, man. That was great. Yeah. Just looking enthusiastic and stoked. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah. Um, so find us on the Instagram. You can also find us at the Twitter feed. Yeah. We there. <laughs> All right. Take care. Love you. That says Baydon flag. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I misspelled that one, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We're running out of real estate with the the audio. (laughs) You got to get back on track.